Awesome. Well, for those of you that don't know me, my name is Andres. I'm one of the pastors here. And for those of you that do already know me, well, today you're going to get to know me a little bit more. <laughs> I usually, when I get the opportunity to be here, um, get to share a little bit of who I am and some of my experiences. Uh, and today is not the exception. I want to share something with you um, that might help you understand part of the message that we have today and why the way that I am. And is um, I like to live on the clouds. <laughs> I like to, um, to meditate a lot. I like to, um, you know, always be thinking about the big pictures. Always, uh, you know, trying to think what is, what is the big message. Uh, what happened, not only what is on the moment, but also what happened before and what happened after. And sometimes um, I can stay over there in the clouds so I do work together in the Spanish ministry with Angel, Pastor Angel, and he's more of a, you know, down-to-earth guy, so sometimes he needs to bring me down, <laughs> and I guess that's why I work together really well with him. Uh, but sometimes I need to, you know, take uh, his eyes from everything that is happening in front of him and just trying to show him the, the big picture, just the picture that you get to see when you're on the clouds. That's why uh, when I came here to the United States when I was 18, uh, I wanted to be a pilot, and I studied to be a pilot, and um, I love to fly. I love um, to be able to go on vacations and trips, and I always, even when my kids were little, I will always get the window. <laughs> they will say, no, 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 let me be on the window, and I'm not... Sorry, this is my thing. So <laughs> when you get to be a father, you get to choose. Uh, <laughs> so I always love to look out uh, in the window uh, and look at the clouds, and that's, that's part of who I am. And um, you probably are saying, why are you telling you all this? Well, it has to do with the message, because today uh, we continue with our series. We have been looking at Acts. And we're going to be looking at chapter 13 and 14 today. And today, I want you uh, to come with me on a trip, a trip of a lifetime. This is going to be amazing. This is going to be, uh, I'm going to take you on a journey so you can see everything that God has been doing, that is doing in these chapters, and that is going to do. Because these chapters, for me in particular, are so critical to the whole story of Acts and what we're get, uh, getting to see. Um, if I recommend, we have the whole series in, in our YouTube channel and in our website. Um, I recommend you look at the first two videos of this series because um, Pastor Dave not only gave the introduction, but gave an overall picture of everything that goes on with the uh, book of Acts and everything, uh, why it's so important with us, why it meant so much with us. But in, in one of those uh, messages, he mentions the importance of this chapter, chapter 13 and also chapter 14, because what's going to happen is going to be a transition 
for everything that has been, God has been doing in the church and all the plans that he has for the future. So are you guys ready to go with me on a trip? Yeah? Okay, so ready, set, activate. That's the, that's the title for this Sunday, for this uh, message. Ready, set, activate. And we're going to explain a little bit more what uh, all this means. But before we start in the chapter, I want to um, bring again a verse, something that Jesus said to their disciples just before leaving, okay? And this is, uh, you can find it on Matthew uh, 28, that's verse 19 and 20, and you probably know this passage already, but it says, go there and make disciples of all nations, baptize them in the name of the Father uh, and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit, teaching them to observe all that I have commanded you. And behold, I am with you always. This passage is known as the Great Commission. The Great Commission. He's, he's giving a mission to the disciples. And he's also giving us the same mission to all of us. It's not about the church. It's not about the staff. It's about us as the body of Christ. So this message was also or is also for all of you and all of us. And, and let, me, let me just tell you this. He's not saying, um, the, the first word that he uses is go. Because sometimes what happens with us is we tend to learn, we tend to get uh, to know everything and enjoy everything. But sometimes our problems is that we don't go. <laughs> We don't put that into action. Probably most of you know this passage, but sometimes for some of you, or I including myself, it's sometimes hard to be able to go and, all, and do all of these things. So this is, this is the mission that Jesus is giving to all of us. And look what it says. It says, um, after just before the ascension of Christ, this is the last words or the last message that Jesus gives to the disciples. And I don't know, but whenever, whenever you give the last message to somebody that you won't see ever again, or, or whenever somebody, you know, maybe in the hospital or something, wants to say the last message, it's usually a message that we have to put a lot of attention because that's, that's his heart to all of us. He wants to remind us what we need to do just before he leaves. And this is the message that he says. It's in Acts 1.8. And he says, But you will receive power when the Holy Spirit has come upon you. And you will be my witness in Jerusalem and all of Judea and Samaria. And look at this. And to the end of the earth. So he's giving a mission, and that mission, he's saying, I'm giving you the power of the Holy Spirit. And soon after that, you'll, you'll remember, uh, we celebrated a couple of uh, weekends ago, Pentecost Day. And uh, the Holy Spirit comes in a beautiful way through, uh, with all the disciples that were there. And um, now the time is to go. 
or I want to put it in a better way, to activate, activate everything that is happening. So if there is one message today for all of you is I want, you to, I want to encourage you to activate in whatever step or season or, uh, or whatever area that God is working with you right now. Because God didn't call us just to be here on a Sunday, to be sitting in a very comfortable place, but also to go, to go and activate. So just, just keep this in mind. Now, this chapter is very special because it is the first mission trip of Paul. You remember, uh, if you probably study some of these things, is Paul did three missionary trips, and this is the first one. But sometimes uh, the transition we, uh, between what was happening at that moment and this chapter gets a little bit lost. Let me explain what it is. In the beginning, the first 11, 12 chapters, you see God that is working through the disciples and what he is doing is he's spreading the, the good news to Jerusalem, first of all. That's when, where everything started. And then on chapter 8, he goes out to Judea and Samaria. So he's fulfilling this verse. And now is chapter 13 uh, and 14. We're going to see to the ends of the world. This is the beginning. But what I want to let you know is... Everything that we have seen up to now is mostly about Peter and some of the disciples. And now we're going to get to see Saul or Paul uh, as we know him. So about his life is that I want uh, for everybody to know in context is this is more or less in the year 44 AD. And this is very important because uh, Jesus after he, he died and he resurrected, what happened then is he gives power to the church and we remember the first person that died that was part of that church, right? Which was Stephen. Uh, he's, he's the one uh, that was stoned to death in the beginning. Now, Paul was at that time part of everything that was happening with that death. So he was present, the Bible says, and, and he was being uh, expected or uh, he was looking at everything that was happening at that moment. So Paul was a very, very jealous uh, in terms of faith about being a Jew and everything that was happening with Christ and everything that was happening with the church, he was against all that. And then after that, something very beautiful happened, like 10 years before chapter 13. And this is when he was on, on, uh, on his way to be able to go to different cities. And what happened is he gets to meet Jesus. There is an encounter with him. And that changed his life forever, right? Just like you and me, when we were able to meet finally uh, Jesus. I, I, I was uh, in Colombia, and for the first 18 years of my life, I studied in a Catholic uh, school. 
And you know what? I, part of the classes was you had to go to be able to go to church every single day. That was part of everything that they did. Every single day you will get to, uh, to go to church. Uh, and it was so much that I ended up memorizing everything that the person was going to say, except for the little message. But uh, I was able to memorize everything, every single part, just because I was being all the time there. But I never met God through all those years. I was never able to experience God the way that I did when I was here. When, when one day I was able to meet him and my, my life changed forever. And I'm sure all of us have our own stories of how we met God and the, the difference and the changes and the transformations that he has done in our lives. So the same is with Paul. Uh, he met God. He met Jesus. His life was transformed. But after that, look what happened. For 10 years, more or less, he was being prepared for this chapter, chapter 13 and 14, for about 10 years. He, was, he went back to Tarso. He was in the desert. Uh, he, he, he was saying that Jesus himself was telling him everything about uh, to be able to comprehend about the word of God and what he was doing and his plans. And uh, he went to Antioch as well. And um, he was there, and God was preparing him. And, and that reminds me of something that I want to share uh, with you today. And I want to ask Les if he can help me. Um, but the same thing that happened with Paul happened with the disciples. That God has a different process for all of us, but there are certain faces that he's moving us through in the discipleship process. Um, in the beginning, also, uh, some disciples met Jesus uh, when he was with uh, John the Baptist. And then um, they say, we want to know more about you, right? And then Jesus invited them, and that started the process of discipleship. And one, what I want to share with you is this same process is the one that you and me go through when we meet God. And, and I, want, I want to uh, show you what it is. Uh, a few years ago, we, um, we went to, um, it was like a conference, and they did, they did this example with the chairs for us, and I was able to uh, clearly understand what was the discipleship process. Uh, so I want to share that with you today because it's so important for you guys to identify what process in the discipleship process you guys are so you know what to do next. What I mean is you might be in a different process than your wife or your husband. You might be on a different stage than some of the people here at the church, but God is working in your life, and he's doing something special in each one of you. And he has a process that he's working with you. And to be able to activate in the faith, you need to understand what God is doing with you right now so you can know what to do next, okay? So I brought this, uh, or less, thank you for the chairs. Let me really quick explain what it is. And what it is is, is four different chairs. I also have um, something for you guys. 
Um, and what it is is this. When, when we went through the disciples and also with Paul and also with you and me, this is, this is what God is doing. The first chair is the, the chair of the seeker, the one that is looking for something, right? Looking for God. So you might be today in this chair uh, just seeking God. And the, the thing that happened with the disciples is the following. Um, two disciples came to Jesus and said, we want to know more about you. And the invitation from Jesus, it was only, well, come and see. He didn't say, okay, now you have to start reading the Bible. You have to start doing all these things. You need to be a saint before you get to be with me. The only thing that he said was, come and see. And some of you, this is what God is, is the, the invitation that he's doing right now. He's only saying, come and see, right? So now that you accept that invitation to be with him is when you go to the second chair. And the second chair is the one that has accepted Christ as his savior. And now he is a disciple or he is a, a believer, now what God is doing with you is he is preparing you. I remember that season when I was, uh, or God was preparing me, and it was a beautiful season. Uh, I remember the love that I have to be able to learn and know God more and more and more. So I was on this chair, and sometimes you feel like you're walking in clouds, so that's why, probably why I like so much this season. <laughs> but... Uh, but um, Maybe, maybe you are at that point. And the only, the, with the disciples is after they came and see and accepted Jesus on their life, now the invitation was, follow me. So our, our um, to be able to activate on this season is just to be able to get to know Jesus a little bit better. It's just to be able to uh, believe everything that he's telling us for our lives. In the first chair, you only had to uh, give a chance to Jesus to be able to enter into your life. That was the way that you can activate. But on this chair is to be able to trust and to be able to humble yourself so that you can understand that he is God and you're not. <laughs> and he has what is best for you. And sometimes we don't even know what we want for our lives. So if you are on this season... The, the way to activate is just to be able to trust him. Trust him in every area of our lives. And, and you might be trusting him in different seasons, but there are some areas, for example, I remember that um, I said to, to God, God, just do whatever you want. Transform my life whatever you want or the way that you want, except for this little area, which was my finances. I said, just do whatever, but with my work and my salary and all that, just, I'll take care of this. Don't worry about this. And I, I, I want to be completely open. I had a lot of hard time to be able to, um, to give the tithes at church, right? But God was working something in me. So, so sometimes, even on this chair, he's working in different areas, until I was ready to give everything that I have, and I was able to, even in my financials, even in all the areas of our lives, 
um, to be able to trust him because I was able to experience that he was good and that he had the best for me. So even on this area. So maybe your step for you today to activate might be your finances, <laughs> to be able to also give that to, to God as well. So this is the second chair where um, we just follow Jesus. And then the third chair is when he makes an invitation to the disciples. Jesus was here for about three years. And then um, about the year and a half that he was working with the disciples, that the disciples were able to get to know him, is when he makes this invitation. And he says, now follow me and I will make you uh, or or fish for, for men. So now it's an invitation to start working. And this chapter of uh, Paul, chapter 13 and 14, he's sitting on this chair right now. Chapter 13 and 14, he's sitting on this. Because now it's an invitation. And we're going to see in a little bit of detail what God is doing on, on his life and what he can do in our lives. But now he has been prepared, but it's not about, like I say, it's not about take, 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 because then... Um, you know, you're going to start, you know, smelling bad if you only take, 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 but don't, don't take out. So what, what happened right now is it's an invitation for him to go and work, okay? So, so that's the third chair. And the final chair uh, in the discipleship process is now the next invitation is to be able to make disciples. And this is crucial because... Sometimes we think that the discipleship process will finish on this chair, but in reality, now it's a new season to be able to have somebody that is with you through go to, to go through all these chairs, and you can be a person that is not only a disciple, but also makes disciple. So in reality, the discipleship process never ends. It continues Right, And you'll see later on in the life of Paul that he continues with Timothy as well. And he's doing the same thing that he was able to do. He was doing it and teaching them and encouraging now uh, Timothy on these on this areas. So why I'm telling you all these things about the chairs is to be able to get a better picture of what God is doing in your life. And maybe you are sitting in one of these chairs today, and the encouragement for me is for you to identify that and to be able to activate in the area that God is working with you right now in this season. Uh, So, like I say, you might be in different chairs. You might be the first time here or might be here for years, but... You still need to activate, and the invitation from God is to go and do it. And if you're still breathing today, it's because God still has purposes for your life. If you're still alive, it's because God is not done with you. So there is still areas that we can activate. Uh, so it's, it's not an end process. We'll continue uh, to be able to do that um, with everything. So... The big message today is activate, to be able to take that into your heart and and be able to do it. Now, let me tell you a little bit um, 
um, of what happened in chapter 13 and 14. <laughs> now we're getting to see the, the, the chapter. This is the third chair of Paul. He's being sent out, right? Uh, and he's, he's being um, able to start working in all these things. So uh, let me read to you Acts 13.5. And this is what happened. It says, When they arrive at Salamis, they proclaim the word of God in the synagogue of the Jews, and they had John to assist them. Now, what I want to tell you is, to be able to, I, I still remember, it was about 15 years ago, I joined a membership for the gym. Now, as you can see, it hasn't worked out that well <laughs> after 15 years. So there was an issue, a flaw that day. I remember paying a lot of money in that time. It was crazy. I remember because I wanted to do a change in my life. Uh, but I was able to do it maybe for a few weeks, maybe two or three weeks, and then uh, you know, I, I drop everything. And probably you heard this before, but what I want to encourage you today is to be able not to do this alone, to be able to work, but to be able to know that God has put you in this place, in this church for a reason. And that he has surrounded you with people with the same faith for a reason. So in order to be able to activate it's not something that we only do by ourselves, but God wants to do it with everybody that is around us. Uh, my problem with the gym was that I went alone. <laughs> and, you know, as, as they say that if you go to a, with a body, it's way easier to be able to continue with that new habit, right? But not only, not only was Paul going with uh, Barnabas, but also... He, look what it says, and they had John to assist them. So it was like a team, like a group of people that were activating in that moment. We probably hear a lot about Paul, but it was more than Paul. It was everybody that was around, around that. So now, let me tell you the five different things that I can identify here that I, that I think it will be so crucial for you if you want to activate. I don't want you just to hear the message or, or to be able to understand it. What I want you to do, this message will not be completed until you activate. So I want you to put it into practice. So I'm, I'm going to give you five things that I think are going to help you because it helped me during my season. And number one is step of faith. Look what happened. Uh, Acts 13, 4, it says, So being sent out by the Holy Spirit, they went. <laughs> it's as simple as that. So the Holy Spirit separates them, prepares them, and now they are being sent out. Okay? And what do they do is they went. They obey. They were able to trust Jesus. And sometimes that this, that's difficult for some of us. Because some of us are introverts. Some of us are, I don't know, do, 
do, do I really trust? What's going to happen if people start asking me questions? What's going to happen if I get into trouble? Um, and the only thing that they did, sometimes, and this is so important because God tells them to go, but he doesn't say exactly what to do. He just gives them a vision, a mission as well. But he doesn't say, you're going to go to this place, this place, and this place. As they start going, God starts arranging their steps and giving the opportunities and doing all these things. So, so it's very important to understand that how God works sometimes in our lives is we take a step of faith and then he backs you up. And then he starts putting everything in front of you. But he, the first step is to be able to trust him. Okay? So the first step that they, they took, it was a, a step of faith. Um, and that's what they did. They, they went out and they started going, going in this uh, mission trip. Uh, they, they took a, a boat and they went to an island. And when they got to this island, um, they, they start, you know, a miracle happened. And they start talking to some people. And what they did is they went to the synagogue where all the Jews are, are together. And this is what happened. They were just there listening. And somebody says the following. And, and that's my second point is look for opportunities. Look for opportunities. Open your spiritual eyes and ask God to show you the opportunities that he's going to put in front of you. Look what happened. It says uh, on verse 15, Brothers, if you have any word of encouragement for the people, just say it. So this is the person that was in the, in the church at that time, and he was uh, just talking to all the Jews with the message. And then what he says is, hey, if somebody has a word of encouragement, just come to the front and start talking. And that was for Paul the, the opportunity that he was waiting for. And then he started going into this opportunity, and then, you know, he goes and starts talking about Jesus and everything that he did, um, you know, and start sharing um, Jesus. So that's, that's number two. Look for opportunities. Keep your eyes open and ask God to be able to show you that. Number three, really quick, he says, depend on the grace of God. After Paul, he was able to say all this message to everybody. He says that everybody was so encouraged by his words that this is when, when they finish talking, this is what they say to Paul. He says, many Jews and devoted converts to Judaism follow Paul and Barnabas, who as they spoke with them, Urge them to continue in the grace of God. So this is, this is very important because you're going to start seeing, as you take a step of faith, as you start saying opportunities and start stepping into these opportunities, you're going to be able to see so much beautiful things that God is start doing through you. Um, and even the people that are around you are going to start noticing all that. And they're going to say, Wow, we encourage you, and, and they want to, 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 for you to continue doing what you're doing. But I think that's, those words at the end are very, very important. Because everything that we do for God is not for us. 
everything that, we're, that we are on a mission to be able to accomplish is not so that people can say, wow, you did it really good. Wow, uh, look, at, look, at, look at what he was able to accomplish. Everything that you are doing for God is for God, right? I, um, I, uh, one, of, one person told me this once that I always kept on my mind, and it's the following. When, when you go to an art museum to be able to see a great picture, um, you will always find that whatever the frame is for that picture is either none at all or very, very little. Can you imagine? Imagine the, the most famous picture in the world. Can you imagine if that had like a neon lights around as a frame? Or maybe a sign, one of those signs that has like an arrow pointing to the, wow, this is the greatest painting of all time. You know, one of those like uh, In-N-Out Burger, one of those huge signs, this is, this is great, this is amazing. Then what's happened is the picture is going to get lost by the sign, by the frame. And we are only the frame. God is doing things through us, but the great picture is not us, it's God that is doing something in our lives. So to be able to show God and, and to be able for other people to see God in, instead of us is crucial. And just to be able to count with God, because sometimes you're going to have difficult times, sometimes are going to be really good, but you still need to continue day by day, minute by minute, to be able to count or depend on the grace of God. Now, with the good things, the good days and the bad days, that's, that's the fourth point. He says, don't get discouraged with opposition. And, and this is why I'm saying this, uh, the, the verse 13, uh, I'm sorry, Acts 13, verse 45, it says the following. But when the Jews saw the crowds that they were filled with jealousy, I'm sorry, but when the Jews saw the crowds, they were filled with jealousy and began to contradict what was spoken by Paul uh, reviling him. So look what happened. Everybody was like, wow, this is so awesome. Uh, We encourage you to continue. Uh, In fact, they say, come on, next weekend, next Sunday, come back again and continue to talk to us. And the next weekend, with, with the whole town coming to see Paul and what he was about to say, he says that the Jews got very jealous of what was going on. And they start saying things against them, against Paul. So sometimes you're going to have, one day is going to be people praising you and one day is going to be people against you. And, and the opposition that we have sometimes we have to be very careful to be able to see what God is doing in the midst of all that. So look, look what this, what I'm trying to say. So don't get discouraged with opposition. Rather, be encouraged with new opportunities. Because the following verse, it says, And Paul and Barnabas spoke out boldly, saying, It was necessary that the word of God be spoken first to you, since you trusted aside and judged yourself unworthy of eternal life, behold, we are turning to the Gentiles. For so the Lord has commanded us, saying, 
I have made you in a light or, or made you a light for the Gentiles that you might bring salvation to the ends of the earth. So what he, Jesus, told them in Acts 1.8 now is becoming reality in this verse. So the, many people, if they were seeing the Jews against Paul, they will say, they will get discouraged or they will say, why do we continue to do this? But in fact, they say that they continue boldly to be able to trust God and continue to on his mission. And then what happened is out of something bad, a new opportunity came. Paul said, if you want, don't want to hear about Jesus, then we're going to take this message of the great news to the Gentiles. And you and me are here today because of this verse. You and me are sitting here today because of that problem that many people thought that it was a problem. In reality, it was something that God was doing behind the scenes, the scenes and it was a new opportunity for God to do something special. So now the gospel is being, the good news is being shared uh, with the ends, to the ends of the earth. And let me finish with this. With this, finish the mission. Finish the mission. Why? Why I'm saying all this? After they, uh, they continue in this mission trip, it says that they got to Lystra. Um, so they went to another place. And that name might sound familiar because that's when Paul was um, almost beaten to death with rocks, right? Um, so let me, let me show you um, what it is. And, and, and this is great because, um, again, very quick, is when they got to that place and they... Something, a miracle allowed God to happen through them is there was a person that um, couldn't walk. So through them, God made a miracle and he started walking. And as soon as the people of that town start seeing that, they say, wow, the gods have, been, have, uh, have turned to be humans now and these are the gods. And Paul and, and Bernabé, and they say, no, don't think about that because it's not about us. It's about uh, Jesus that is doing all this. So they even, they even uh, took off his, his clothes and everything. And they say, no, 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 it's not about us. So one day they were saying, wow, you guys are gods. And then look at what it says on the ne- next verse. It says, but the Jews came from Antioch and Iconium. And having persuaded the crowds, they stoned Paul and dragged him out of the city, supposing that he was dead. So now, one day, the people are cheering the, the Paul and, and them and saying, you guys are God, you guys are the best. The next day, they're throwing rocks at them. And he says that they were believed to be dead. So it wasn't like, oh, here, <laughs> go away. No, they literally thought that he was there, and then they took him out of the city. So you can imagine that, right? But look what happened, and this is what is, what is most amazing. In verse 20 it says, But when the disciples gathered about him, he rose up and entered the city. So they threw him out of the city. They stoned him almost to death. 
Uh, he was, you know, in the floor, like dying, basically. And then he said, probably in his mind, no, the mission is not done. And then he, say, he rises up again, and he says that he went back to the city. And on the next day, he went on with Barnabas to Derby. Uh, Okay, uh, give me one second. Okay, so sorry, I, I'm missing one of, one of the verses. But let, let me continue reading what happened in the story. It says on verse 21, it says, When they had preached the gospel to the city and had made many disciples, they returned to Lystra and to Echium and to Antioch, strengthening the souls of the disciples, encouraging them uh, continuing faith and saying that through many tribulations we must enter the kingdom of God. And when they arrived, they gathered the church together. They declared all that God had done with them and how he had opened the doors of faith to the Gentiles. This is, this is the end of this passage. So this is the picture that we have for this series. Um, I love this picture because what it represents. But it says, church activate. And this is, this is very important because what he's doing, Paul, at the end of his first mission trip is he goes back to the church. The church where he left from. And he starts telling everything that God made in that trip, everything that happened, how many people turned out to, to be able to Rejoice with those people in the church. And I truly believe that God has you here for a reason. I truly believe that he is not done with you. I truly believe that there is still work to do in God's kingdom. Now, what we need to do as a church is to be able to follow the same things that we're seeing in Acts and to be able to activate that that God has put in your heart. But it's, it's not only that, it's to be able to understand that we have the power, that God has, um, uh, he's backing us up. We just need to take a step of faith and to be able to continue to trust him in every single step of our lives. But also to be able to be encouraged and reminded that until we're not done here, until we're not with Christ face-to-face, uh, -face, that we still have a mission to accomplish, that we still have something to do. There, there is still someone to be able to demonstrate the love that God has, not only for you, but for them as well. He has called us to be a witness to all the nations. Two weekends ago, we celebrated all the nations. It was so amazing to be able to hear John 3.16 in so many different languages. And it was so beautiful. And that's what God is doing today. And we get to uh, be part of what is God, God is doing today. And you have a special uh, plan or, or process in everything that God is doing. And it's not only about what he's doing in your life, but also what you're able to do with his power 
and to be able to continue to work in everything that he has uh, laid out in front of us. So with that, I just want you, for you guys to close your eyes for a second. And with, with, um, with just your heart to be able to open our hearts and to be able to trust God in everything that he's doing. And Lord, we just take a moment just to recognize what you have done in our lives. We just take a second to be able to remember how we were without you in our lives. Everything that was going on and, and the ways that we were doing things and, and how one day you just reached to us and transformed our lives completely. And now you're inviting us to go on this trip. Now you're inviting us to also be part of what you're doing here on earth. And as we see today, we thank you for the lives of Paul. We thank you for that team that went on that first mission trip. We thank you for all the people that were able to support this mission. Because by that grace and the grace of God is, is why we're sitting here today. And God, I know that somebody somewhere might be on the same position that we are in the future one day saying we are here thank for the mission and everything that people that are sitting here to, today are able to do so with that God can you give us the strength the wisdom the peace the courage can we be able to trust you so we can activate what you're doing in our lives and with that, we commend everything that you're doing through us in Jesus' name. Amen.